Dear friend, thank you for joining us today. This is a new live program coming to you from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Stay tuned in order to catch the exciting segments and items that are about to come your way. I'm your host, friend and presenter Samuel Mangi. We'll be having Brother Ian Mose talk about enduring temptations. The health segment will be brought to us by Fred Bill Otieno, and today he'll talk about attention seeking. As usual, you have marvelous tunes to spiritually lift you up. Let us listen to a song, Tutakapo Fika by Koalel Choir. Thank 
katika mji wa Zayuni Hakuna shida pale Hakuna majonzi huko Hakuna uzuni kamwe Milele ni kuimba Milele tutaimba Milele tutafurahi Milele tutaishi katika mji wa Zayuni Hakuna shida pale Hakuna majonzi huko Hakuna uzuni kamwe Milele ni kuimba I hope that you've liked that song by Kualel Choir. Let us now give room to Fred Bill Otieno with the health segment. Be blessed. We have many types of behaviors that show that we are seeking attention from other people. There are also many examples that will clarify this. For example, the man who complains in a crowd so that everyone will notice him, or the girl who wears the skimpiest of outfits on a cold season, or the mother who sighs loudly and crushes the dinner about so that the family will hear that she's a matter to the domesticity, or the child who has an outburst in the supermarket 
as his mother ignores him for a moment to counter change, and the teenagers who feign illness to obtain sympathy. What characterizes this behavior to appear to be seeking attention is that it lacks genuineness. This behavior plays to the corridor. There are also telltale signs like the sideways glances to see who's looking at you, the exaggerated body language, the overly projected tone of voice, and making some signs to attract people's attention. Even though these signs are concentrated on what is visible to onlookers, there is also something going on inside our heads to produce this over-the-top response in order to seek attention. We indulge in this behavior generally because we have a crisis of self-confidence. The man who complains loudly in a restaurant might feel that he is a very important person in the community, but the staff did not treat him with the respect that he deserves. Therefore, he raises his voice because suddenly he believes he is a man of little note. He sees himself through their eyes and thinks that an aging has been passed over for the top job. So to restore the balance, he puffs himself up and shouts for attention. As well as the girl who wears the skimpiest of outfits on a cold season may think that she will not be viewed as being beautiful if she dress in heavy clothing. Therefore, she decides to dress in light clothes so that she will attract onlookers. You'll also notice that when she's dressed like that, she'll be glancing sideways to see who is looking at her. This is also called lack of self-image. We need to make positive steps to change from this behavior of attention-seeking. The first step is to know what you have, to know that you have these thoughts. This will help you to overcome the behavior of attention-seeking. These thoughts may be negative like, I fear that I am not good enough, everyone here is better than me, or I may not be attractive and nobody loves me. You need to stop the whole process right there and start challenging these beliefs with, of course I am good, I'm just as good as the next person, or I am attractive and lovable, but I do not need to be bolder or chat to people. These challenges will help you to develop self-confidence and will help you stop feeling inferior or try to seek attention. However, since life is life and perhaps we have let these feelings overcome us, all is not lost. You can recognize the feelings that accompany your thoughts and then take actions. If you feel that you're undermined, you're insecure, ignored, or unrewarded emotionally, then be aware of your particular emotional triggers to attention-seeking behavior. Go back to the thoughts that generated the feeling, or simply relax and take some time to examine what is going on. Finally, listener, it will really work if you talk about how you feel to the person or people who are causing the problem. For example, if you as a mother is doing too much for your family, you need to negotiate with them to do more. If you do the cooking, let them wash the, the dishes, or if they can't, then they can fend for themselves. If you can use this direct approach, it will be far much healthier than acting like a sufferer shouting the odds to your family. This will help you with the opportunity of finding a solution. Lastly, I would like to recognize the work of Dr. Rose Taylor, for which 
this information I use in this program. I have been your presenter, Fred Billy Otieno. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you so much for being with us. Remember to send us a views, comments, or questions about the program by writing to the producer, Adventist All Radio, PO Box 4276-00-100-Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. I'll be back after this track, Opendo, Wakalel Choir. Upendo wake, mungu baba minguni, nishona upendo
kutupa mwanawe wa pekee Yesu Ajie umuduniani Kupa pajiri yetu sisi Lakini wanadamu wengine Tungali wakumu dani yetu Wana, wana mungu wetu Wana ulie minguni Wana litupenda sana kwa kutupa mwanawe wa pekee Brother Ian Mose will now quench your spiritual thirst. Please stay tuned until the end. Be blessed. I greet you, dear listener, in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our study today and feel at the presence of Jesus Christ. The topic of our study is Enduring Temptations. I am your presenter, Ian Muse. Blessed is the man that endured temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when he last hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. James chapter 1 verse 12 to 15, King James Version. Does this mean that it is an honor to be especially tempted by the devil? Apparently, the Bible writers were also convinced that temptation can be a good thing. Yet, the thought is in total conflict with all the painful human experiences we have suffered in meeting temptation. Most people consider it to be a necessary evil, downright destructive in its influence. But let us count it joy when we are brought into points of trial, and when the demons come around, even though it's a battle, you may know that the Lord is still working in your life. That is Christ is fighting for you. We certainly need to understand that there are some redeeming features about temptation. First of all, it proves that we have moral insight. No one can be tempted unless there are meaningful choices to be made. Issues of right and wrong must be clearly distinguished. People who see everything in the moral realm as a kind of dull grey cannot pass through any great battles of the mind. One must have a special consciousness of good and evil in order to be tempted. Many modern religionists seem to have only small, average consciousness which may account for the lack of spiritual conflict. What a contrast to the greatest characters of the past who seem to have had a dramatic hand-to-hand combat with the devil. Martin Luther's confrontation with Satan was so real that he is reported to have thrown an inkwell at his tormentor. You are to be congratulated then if you find yourself tempted. It is certainly implies that you are seeing the issues correctly. But now comes the most crucial question. After we recognize the true situation before us, how do we find the power to choose the good over the evil? Paul sends the urgency of this question when he wrote his first letter to the Corinthians 
church. No one could have been faced with more obvious choices than the, those few Christian citizens of Corinth. The pagan world of the flesh stood out in vivid contrast to the self-denying lifestyle of their newfound faith. There was no question with them about right and wrong, and Paul wrote, They had no temptation taken you but such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with temptation also make a way to escape, that he may be able to bear it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 This verse contains a wealth of inspired encouragement for anyone who is struggling against a recognized evil. The Apostle warned against making an exception of ourselves. It is so easy for us to feel that no one else has ever had to face the enemy in the same way that we have to. Our burden appears heavier and our battle seems more severe than any which others have experienced. Paul said that this is simply not true and we must not allow ourselves to think it for a moment. This is all stuff. No matter what we suffer, the very same temptation has come upon a million others long before you were born. How very much we like to consider our situation different from all others. This provides a very clear this provides a very clear rationalization just in case we lose the battle and deal to the temptation. If our case is so different, God cannot judge us as strictly as those who have a much easier test. The businessman consoles himself that cheating on taxes is not usually the right thing to do, but he has suffered more shoplifting losses than anyone else. And besides that, he has been more discriminated against by government bureaucrats. Mark it down. Almost everything will be prefaced by these words. I'm an exception. We must constantly remind ourselves that this has been the captives of Satan for 6,000 years. All he tried to do in the wilderness of temptation was to convince Jesus that he was different. Every one of the three approaches Satan used was based on the idea that as the son of God, he could do things that no one else could do, turn stones into bread, or jump off the pinnacle without being hurt. Now Paul hastens to assure us that God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. That is reassuring and comforting. But why should we allow any agonizing conflicts to engulf his people? Why not simply remove all temptation? The answer is found in James chapter 1 verse 2 to 4. My brethren, Count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that he may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Temptation provides opportunity for spiritual conquest and growth. It is not a disgrace to be tempted. If there are no battles, there can be no victories through strong decision. Neither can there be any nobility of character. Virtue is tried innocence, and tried goodness may be no goodness at all. I could possibly sequester myself in a solitary cave somewhere and not commit an outward sin for a whole week simply because I would have no contact with any other person. Will that week prove me to be a virtuous individual? Not at all. Christianity is not merely the absence of wrong behavior in the life. It has to do with an aggressive 
practice of positive virtues as well. My life in the cave might prove more than I would like it to prove. I will be good but good for nothing. The person who avoids all temptation by avoiding contact with all people may do no harm. But neither does he do any good. He is morally anemic. Now we are brought to Paul's assertion that God will make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Does this mean there will always be an easy road out of every temptation experience? No. It just means that in every moral trial, God will provide us an alternative. There will always be two paths leading out of each temptation. One, the alluring path of evil. The other, an appealing path of good. Paul is saying that we are being drawn into Paul is saying that we are being drawn in two directions every time we are tempted. At the same time, we are tempted to anger, the Holy Spirit draws us to self-control. When we are tempted to be dishonest, the Holy Spirit draws us to use integrity. Temptations often appear irresistible because through neglect of prayer and the study of the Bible, the tempted one cannot readily remember God's promises and meet Satan with the scripture weapons. It will be useless to deal with the subject of temptation without recognizing that the ultimate answer to this problem is a spiritual yielding to Christ. All the counsel in the world and all the knowledge of sin's devices will be less than useless if the mind is not surrendered to Christ. Thank you, listener, for your time, and God bless you. I was your presenter, Ian Musa. Thank you for making Adventist Soul Radio favorite station. It has been great and I hope through the masses of God you'll join me next time. Don't forget to give us your views about this program. Kindly write to the producer, Adventist Soul Radio, P.O. Box 4276, call 00100 Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awrnairobi at I've been your host, friend and presenter, Samuel Mang. Until then, stay safe, stay blessed. Utakapofika mbinguni utakutana na malaika utaimba haleluya mbinguni utaimba imba milele wanati wa pamoja nasi akika nifuraha kulishina bwana wetu utakapofika mbinguni utakutana na malaika utaimba Hallelujah, hallelujah.
Shangwe, 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 Shangw